MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, December 13th, 2019. Today, Pompeo is in legal trouble, the House debates impeachment articles, Parnas lied to prosecutors, the Senate impeachment trial strategy takes shape, Pence obstructs justice, the Supreme Court considers three Trump tax cases, and the chilling effect Barr and Trump are having on the FBI. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello. How are you? Good. I'm okay. I... I feel personally positive, but politically terrible. So, hey, yeah, I would, that's that's good, right? That's a middle ground. Yeah. 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 Although I will say I watched some of the hearings that they're still going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I like this format better than the other formats. I mean, mm-hmm. it's taken forever and it's ridiculous still what the Republicans are doing. Mm-hmm. But I, I appreciate it more because you can break in and, you know, you know, motion to strike whatever and the last word strike the last word and that's and, been going on now for like eight hours yeah they've been striking the last word for a while <laughs> holy shit and and it's you know the the amendments are all getting voted down as we expected and mm-hmm. um but i like this format better because then people can random people can jump in and say you're full of shit and here's why yeah and prepare remarks based on what other people are saying and come back in later and, and address them. So I, I kind of like that debate format a little bit better than the five minutes, you know, 90 minute, 90 mm-hmm. minute, five minutes piece. Or is this all just one big hit piece on Lawrence O'Donnell? Right? The last word. <laughs> Strike the I last word. I find him comforting, even if I don't always agree with him. Yeah. He, I want to hug him a lot. Yeah. I want to plush uh, Lawrence O'Donnell to sleep next to. Yeah. <laughs> He's just so sweet. Oh, Didn't he write? I think he wrote The West Wing. Wasn't he a writer on oh, that show? Really? Yeah, I uh, think so. That movie, huh. that movie, that show is so good. They showed that to us in high school, and that was like U.S. government class was the first time I was like, wait, politics? Yes. I watch it when I feel sad about real politics. Yeah, yeah. it's like an idealized version of American politics. Yeah, or I'll just watch the, the first uh, oh, pilot God. episode of Designated Survivor and be like, yeah. That's how it yeah. should be. Back when you looked on politicians with some sort of distinguishment, and now it's just like, you guys are fucking clowns. And Gates and Jordan and yep. everything. So, uh, yeah, we, we'll talk a little bit about the hearings, but we have a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. So, yeah, the impeachment debates. Like I said, I really prefer this debate format for, for hearing, you know, as far as hearings go. It's a little more tolerable to listen to. Um, the one thing that the Republicans are doing, and what's I think my favorite part of this whole thing is they have these big easels with pictures behind them because you know, um, <laughs> pictures, memes. Yeah. That's how right. That's how they communicate. And so this thing that they're focusing on now is do it for us. Do us a favor, though. Uh, instead of do me a favor, though. And they just came up with this mm-hmm. semantics argument. You think if this was their defense, they'd have been using it all along. Yep. There's a couple things like that that they've been doing. Yeah. And so somebody stumbled upon this. Yeah. It says do us a favor, though. Like they never thought of it before. Everyone understood it, that it meant Trump, like the royal us, mm-hmm. um, so to speak. And besides, how does doing the country, how does how is investigating the Bidens and the origins of the 2016 election 
a favor to the United States. It's it's just not, particularly when you've never mentioned corruption at all. And in fact, when it's been put in your phone call scripts on multiple occasions, you've not brought up broader corruption in Ukraine. It's very 1984 to be arguing over the particular meaning of a word like that. The semantic argument is very, you know, Republican. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're fighting over the specific use of that word, the yeah. context of it. Instead of the asking a foreign government right. for to intervene in our elections, which clearly happened. So that's their big argument now. Um, They wouldn't answer the question, is it okay with you for the president to ask a foreign leader to interfere in the 2020 election? They wouldn't answer that. Hypothetically. I I think eventually somebody said, and I can't remember who it was, it might have been, I can't remember who it was. Maybe Sensenbrenner was like, yeah, that'd be bad, I guess, you know, uh, but it didn't happen here. Somebody sort of admitted to it. Um, and uh, Raskin had a really good response to that. I'll play that clip in, in a second. Um, they hammered the same points uh, the GOP did, calling Zelensky a, you know, oh, if you do this, you have to assume Zelensky's a liar. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the aid was released, so everything's okay. They just kept hammering the same points home. And the process is a sham, and the basement, and the shift, and th- just the same dumb shit. Where is shift? Yeah. <laughs> He's probably at his house, man. Like he, he he's not hard to find, you know. No. Um, they tried to amend Joe Biden to Hunter Biden in one of the articles of impeachment, the first article. They were like, "Well, let's talk about what this really is. It's about Hunter Biden and not Joe Biden." And we're like, "No, no, because he mentioned the Bidens plural." Unless you're talking like, "Oh, did you mean Hunter and like his sister?" There isn't one. Or what other Biden? All the Bidens besides Joe, like as long as it's not his political opponent, they were just semantically, like you said, Amanda, working around this, picking at the little tiny details Mm -hmm. instead of being able to see the big picture. The irony is it would have behooved Trump to go after a bunch of different children of politicians (laughs) where he messed up was only picking one. Yeah, exactly. Mm Um, so, you know, they're just hammering the same points over and over again. So I wanted to get to one of my favorite parts of the day, which was uh, Raskin. And he had a great, um, just a, a little great clip in, in part of his debate where he was taught, you know, because the argument here is that Trump was for broader fighting of corruption and et cetera, et cetera. And, and Jamie Raskin was like, really? Trump's our corruption crusader? And it's just a brilliant clip. Let's listen to that. They invite us to believe that Donald Trump is an anti-corruption crusader who is shaking down President Zelensky about corruption when he doesn't raise any corruption on that call except for what he believed was going on with the Bidens, except that he reduced anti-corruption funding for Ukraine, except he doesn't raise it anywhere else that we can find. And what do you know? You pick up the New York Times yesterday, President Trump had to pay $2 million to charities because he ripped off his own charity for millions of dollars. This is the anti-corruption crusader they want us to believe in. The guy who had to pay $25 million to students at the phony Trump University, which the Attorney General of New York called a classic bait-and-switch operation. This is the guy that they want us to believe was shaking down the president of Ukraine because he had some secret anti-corruption agenda that actually wasn't related to the Bidens, that wasn't related to rehabilitating the totally discredited Russian conspiracy theory that it was Ukraine and not Russia 
that interfered in our campaign in 2016. Come on, get real, be serious. We know exactly what happened here. 17 witnesses. It's uncontradicted. There's no rival story. No rival story at all. And our, our colleagues will not even tell us whether in theory they think it would be wrong for the President of the United States to shake down foreign governments to come and get involved in our presidential campaigns in order to harm the President's political opponents. They won't even tell us in principle whether they think that's wrong because they think it's too dangerous at that point. We know that they don't accept the facts. We know they don't accept the evidence. They don't like the fact that the depositions took place in the basement. Where should they have been? In the, on the first floor? The second floor, would they accept the facts? If we found some other room, would that be all right? Because their people were there. I was in that room. There were Democrats, there were Republicans. The Democratic Council got an hour. The Republican Council got an hour. It was even on both sides. Enough of these phony process objections. Let's get back to the facts of what happened. The President of the United States shook down a foreign power to come and get involved in our election. That's wrong. I yield back. So I absolutely loved that clip. You know, he just he's going over and over all this. And it reminds me, you know, how the, I think it was even like Louis Gohmert who kept talking about the IG report and how we wouldn't even be here if it weren't for the the corrupt FISA warrant. Does he think we're here for Russia? Did he read the articles? Because it's this not what they're there for. Um, so I thought that was interesting. But I, I do love that. I do love that clip from Raskin because he's and I wish that more Democrats would bring up all these other publicly reported stories that haven't been proven with facts or, you know, not facts, but haven't been proven with, you know, testimony or documentary evidence. Some of it has been. And just bring up that shit, you know, because if the Repu if the Republicans can bring up total lies like Ukraine meddled in the election and the IG report, the, the page FISA started the impeachment process or some crap like that why can't we talk about all the crazy shit trump's done mm -hmm. um that we actually have you know a factual basis for at least yeah. a, a, you know through sources through reporting uh, that kind of uh, threw me a little bit i guess democrats are like well we don't you know we're not about that we're here for this and that's it uh there was an amazing moment this was the other favorite moment where matt gates brings up hunter biden's substance abuse mm -hmm. <laughs> and hank johnson uh he, let's just listen the pot calling the kettle black is not something that we should do. I don't know, I don't know what members, if any, have had any problems with substance abuse, been busted in uh, DUI, uh, I don't know. But if I did, I wouldn't raise it uh, against uh, anyone on this committee. I don't think it's proper. So, yeah, so there's there he is alluding to Gates's DUI. And if you could actually if you get a chance to Google that and see the video, you could just see Matt Gates's face like <laughs> he's just so mad. That's <laughs> such a perfect example. Once again, though, of these people accusing other people of things that they've done. Yeah, that's their number one go to strategy, isn't it? Projection. Yeah, absolutely. It's that's a Goebbels favorite. That's a playbook from from nazi germany yeah the only way that accuse he, your enemy that of which you are guilty yes it's like it's almost mocking that he did that that he was the one that said that right they're like why don't you say this this will be fucking hilarious <laughs> 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 it 
This will be good comic relief for everyone that everyone needs right now. This would be fucking hilarious. Hey, you. Hey, you, DUI King. Why don't you bring up this Hunter Biden substance abuse thing? Um, And an odd moment today, and this is what I was talking about. I have the quote here from Louis Gohmert when he brought up the IG report. And, he's, you know, I was talking about how he said the Russia investigation was a hoax and therefore he couldn't understand why they were debating today. He said, never in the history of the country have we had an impeachment proceeding begun by lies that got a warrant from a secret court that turned out and had been documented to be lies and then kept getting warrants three after that based on lies words and uh despite that not being true uh like i said he totally forgot we were actually debating ukraine scheme today uh not the russia crimes but uh these attacks on the fbi conjured out of thin air are extremely devastating to the american faith in the fbi and our institutions um some federal law enforcement officials actually now are warning of a chilling effect inside the fbi amid the attacks or attacks by trump and attorney general bill barr which in turn have been echoed throughout the IG hearing, the inspector general hearing yesterday, and even by these idiots like Gomert in the impeachment debates, even though he's <laughs> got nothing to do with it. Um, according to CNN, current and former FBI officials are telling them that they're concerned that the rhetoric has only worsened the Bureau's already shaky standing with the administration that could lead to agents being less aggressive the next time they want to pursue a sensitive investigation. Uh, one of them said... Quote, but who's going to risk sticking their neck out only to have the Department of Justice chop it off? So that's frightening. And and I think that that is the effect that Trump wants to have on the FBI with with these attacks. Mm-hmm. On the other side of that, and we've talked about this, we talked about this at that impeachment party um, with uh, like Jack Bryan and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like, why would you don't fuck with the CIA and the FBI? Like, that's just not wise. Yeah. No, it's not. Especially if you're a criminal. (laughs) I was just going to say, you would kind of want them on your side. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but he thinks that he can bully them into being on his side. And he's also doesn't... I honestly think he's done nothing wrong. I think he really, truly believes he is above the law. Right, you have to. It's method acting. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think Jim Carrey knows when he's Andy Kaufman (laughs) that he's not? (laughs) Yeah. Listen, Jim Carrey makes me sad, you guys. I don't want to get into it. He does? Well, no, I'm just saying, like, he seems to be not holding it together in terms of reality lately. I like his paintings. But yes. But that, did you guys see that movie about him? I did, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Well, the Andy Kaufman one? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Oh, the method acting one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, dude, stop the bit. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I can't. What bit? I'm Andy Kaufman. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I also love him. Yeah, I do too. But but yes, it is. I agree. I think that the only way, yeah, we talk about this with Manafort. We talk about this like when the Manatee text came out, yeah. how they mm-hmm. seem truly victimized. Yeah. They really, truly themselves. believe their own shit. Mm-hmm. Unless that's some sort of a thing that they know those text messages are going to come out. But they, they didn't until very much later. Otherwise, they would have leaked them themselves closer to when they happened. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's been in a situation where they're arguing something that's a stretch but they're arguing it really intensely and they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, and wasn't this fucked up too, yeah. you know? But usually that's like about maybe that one time you called your friend a bitch or something and you're trying to defend it. <laughs> it's it's right. not about like crimes against your own country. Right. Also, I was I was telling AG before we started recording that the frustrating thing about watching all of these hearings and seeing the way the seeing the way that they're handling this has made me feel 
like has given me a level of anxiety thinking, wow, I could understand how people would hear them and believe this. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like anybody who's ever gone any kind of emotional abuse in their life understands that like even though like the kernel inside you of truth knows it's not true, you question everything. Well, yeah. And then you got the confirmation bias, which is why their uh, he said, do us a favor, though, argument is going to work because the, the, the Republicans are dying to grab onto anything mm-hmm. that proves that Trump is cares about us mm-hmm. the united states of america and acted in our best interest so right. they are going to just grab onto that and and be like see see because believing otherwise would bring down their entire reality yeah mm-hmm. right to choose to, to choose to believe that would be too much yeah and i don't understand why you wouldn't want to bring down your entire reality if you were living in rural ohio <laughs> i mean i could see if you're in the california bubble and you don't want to burst that because it's nice here. I'm kidding. I, I, <laughs> that's. I'm sorry. That was just. That was coast, coastal elitism uh, at its finest. How dare you, AG? <laughs> coastal elite liberal. <laughs> I bought coastalelitecomedy.com and I never did anything oh, with that's it. Funny. <laughs> now, not to be all Marianne Williamson about this stuff, but really, they, on top of hurting the nation and the world, are really also living a life that is filled of inherent stress and emotional trauma that they're continuing to do to themselves and everybody else Mm -hmm. and it's like i know this appeal means nothing to them and it sounds very sanctimonious and dogmatic but to live a morally truthful and ethical life is so much more fulfilling than to live in this cape of lies all the time and it's It's easier (laughs) swoop cape of lies and it's easier it's easier to you know i learned this when i was fucking 13 years old if you don't tell lies you don't have to remember them yes Mm -hmm. you you tell the truth and that's just what it is and you don't have to worry about who did i tell what yes that that has to be and to do this and to just keep this front up, I mean, I yes. guess even if you realize that you're doing it or not, just has to be so emotionally exhausting. And being a complete mm-hmm. asshole like Matt Gates, just like we said, hate destroys the container it's carried mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. or corrodes the container it's carried in. And it will take its toll on you physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. And it's and and I you're right. I wish you could you could appeal to the angels of their better nature, so to speak. But yeah, they really need Jesus. <laughs> which they think Literally. they have but it, they don't have the real Jesus. They have white Jesus and they that's, have that's, white Jesus. That's the different Jesus. Yes. And I am they have an rich white. They have rich white Jesus. Saying that they need Jesus. Yeah, they have they have the, yeah, they have the rich white Jesus that makes you give 10% of your income to supporting anti-gay groups. That's to the rich kind white of Jesus, Jesus they have. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not I wouldn't call myself an atheist per se. I mean, I used to call myself that. Now I'm your standard. I call myself spiritual. But yeah, I'm all into the universe and shit. Whatever yeah. that means. All into the universe <laughs> and shit. Means. No, I'm but part like, of the all into the universe yeah. and shit church. Yeah, yeah. I'm the basically, Ram, Ram Dass religion. <laughs> Agnostic. No, yeah. No, but yeah. if you if you if you just believe about if if you believe that the direction of someone's life is going to be based on the energy that they're putting out or that they're attracting. Do you know what I mean? Like totally. they're they're not they're not creating good energy for themselves. Or yes. around themselves, or for the future. It's super basic. If you're yeah. an asshole, you're going to attract exactly. assholes. Yeah. I mean, sp- spiritual or not, or however it goes. But mm-hmm. and yes, there's energy and yeah, how, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
the assholes yeah. can you attract assholes yes and can you imagine the liberation emotionally right now that cohen is feeling for example i think he's articulated it in his own words i i, I see him do i like i can picture him in his cell doing some fucking yoga right now yes. just like sitting there the cross-legged with the set you free moan. dude yes even you if you're behind bars because you told the truth he is living, I guarantee, a Better. less stressful life now than he was before. Well, yeah, you yeah. know, it's funny. Over the, I think this was in maybe even as far back as 2015, but the first time Bernie was running for president, he said at some uh, campaign speech, he was talking about spirituality, and he was saying, my spirituality is our connected humanity. Mm-hmm. Like, when you suffer, I suffer. That was when they were trying to ask him about his Judaism right. and what his faith right. was, because I think that the somebody in the campaign, and these email these are came out in the emails that were hacked by Russia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That they were trying to focus on Bernie's lack of, of, of religion, exactly, or whatever. exactly. Yeah. But of but white, in turn, white Jesus. What he said, in, like it, all these Republicans hide behind religion as their as their strategy, as their as their direction. And yet, I think he said one of the most moving things anyone's ever said about mm-hmm. you know having a moral compass. Yeah. Anyway, the bird killed me, man. Ah, the bird. <laughs> The you bird. remember the bird? Yes. I do. You like Bernie or not, dude. That bird was shit. That was <laughs> yeah. so awesome. You're like, that's a bird. And his face, his little Bernie face, oh, that's a bird. And you're like, and, and then, hey. And then he flies away. Uh, and then he was like, oh, he doesn't like taxes either or something. And then he said something about peace. It was just, it was just so. I'm going to tweet that clip. It was so good. We need that great. bird again. We do. If we that bird. bird fucking comes back. To one of his the rallies. Shits on Trump's Holy face. shit. Someone's better, someone better be training a bird just Have for the guys- morale of the country right now. <laughs> <laughs> they tag that bird. It's got a little tag. Bernie's bird. Comes back. It's you. <laughs> you guys ever been shot on by a bird? Uh, ooh, nope. random question. It feels like the most personal attack, even though you know it's so random. No, it's that's no, it's targeted and it, real. It happened to me one time. Oh no! It landed on my face. Oh, I'm not even kidding. It landed on my cheek. Ooh, luckily not in my eyeball. Kind of cute. I've never been so angry at my life at someone who couldn't talk to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no. Who anyway. do you blame? Huh? Who do you blame as an atheist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, That's my own karmic <clears throat> fault. <laughs> karmic bird shit. <laughs> karmic bird shit. So, um, <laughs> I don't know why I told everyone that it has bird shit on me. I didn't because need to share that. It's a I'm great sure a story. Lot of people are it's say, endearing. Hey, the same thing happened to me. Oh. Yeah. Um, I feel also pooped on. <laughs> people feel close. Yeah, I have been shit on figuratively, but yeah, <laughs> I'm nice with bond- you right on my cheek. <laughs> it's a nice bonding moment for all of us. Yeah. Two girls, one bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my little sister pooped on me once when I was bouncing around my feet, if that counts, like a baby bird. Wait, <laughs> she pooped on you as a baby? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Wow. It was like as an adult. I got some shit on me when uh, when my goddaughter was in one of those swings, you know, one of those electronic swings. And it, it's not one of the back and forth swings, but it swings you in a circle and it's yeah. a pendulum. Oh, good. And so she got diarrhea and just start pouring out of her diaper. And it was like a spirograph yeah. on the ground. It made this Fibonacci really sequence of shit. Fibonacci golden <laughs> ratio shit star. <laughs> on the tile how beautiful is that it was that is deep nature (laughs) it was nature times a thousand it was amazing (sighs) all right on that that was good i needed that biograph available for christmas uh (sighs) so uh that's the uh, impeachment debate today and uh this i heard some news about what they're kind of trying to work on in their strategy in the senate trial which apparently they're not going to do until after the christmas break Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Jordan, what do you have on that? Yeah, so word on the Senate street is once <laughs> Trump is impeached, uh, McConnell is expected to hold a vote to acquit Trump once he's impeached rather than move to dismiss any articles of impeachment. So McConnell told reporters today uh, it could go down the path of calling witnesses and basically having another trial or it could decide, and again, 51 members could make that decision, that they've heard enough and believe they know what would happen and could move to vote on the two articles of impeachment, uh, end quote. So he says those are the options. No decisions have been made yet. Uh, but Trump has been rumored to be desiring a full-blown trial because he wants the theatrics and he thinks it could be worse for Democrats that way. But some Republicans, a lot of Republicans, uh, have been more convinced that that would not be the best idea. They're like, it's not Kavanaugh who's in charge. It's mm-hmm. John Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it would, they think. It's a it guy would... who cares about his legacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Seriously. And they think that uh, it would just be better to hold a short trial. And mm. that's what it looks like McConnell is sort of gunning for. Um, because that way you don't call witnesses. And if you call witnesses, then the Dems would also get to call witnesses. And that could just be very bad. Instead, they just kind of want to move to vote quickly. Yeah. Basically. I imagine they'll hear the opening arguments and McConnell will move to acquit. Yes. Yeah. All and, this is after but I, the opening arguments. But I think that the, the House managers, the Dems, will try to get some witnesses in there. And I imagine uh, Roberts will put it to a Senate vote and then it'll be up to the Senate. And Or Roberts could just approve it. He has the power to do that. Yeah. If I understand correctly, if they move... If they move to acquit, that just requires a simple majority, right? And then once those 51 votes at least are, are they successfully pass that, then it would trigger a vote on the articles themselves, which would require the 67 votes, which they are not going to get. Oh, to to impeach him. Yeah. So right, I right, said, right, right, yeah. There's a senator who is unidentified who told <laughs> CNN... Uh, let's see. It says that McConnell would not call a vote to proceed to the House's articles of impeachment unless he knew he had at least 51 votes to end the Senate trial, which would then hmm. trigger a vote on the articles themselves. So I didn't know that that's what would happen. Yeah, that's interesting. Unless they rewrite the rules, but that's how they stand right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all very... It took me a long time to even like semi-understand what the fuck, like how that would go down, because it's, it's confusing to me that... I, I thought once you voted to acquit it, it would just be done. I didn't know that that meant you would have to then vote on the articles also. Yeah. Yeah, there's but, there there's votes in between there that, that where the Senate decides if they want to continue with the trial or not. Mm-hmm. So that um, sounds like their strategy so far. As their strategy develops, we will bring you that news. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's. But that's how it looks right now. Yeah. And I also heard that Trump is more and more becoming open to this idea of not going for a full-blown trial. And he's starting to kind of listen to people on that. So. Well, I, I mean, look, I know we have very little hope of this happening, but there is a possibility that if a longer trial happened and more evidence was brought forward, then maybe some Republicans would flip on him. But he doesn't want to give them that much of a chance, right? No, McCon- I think McConnell's idea is to is to shut this shit down before the taxes come out, before okay. anything okay. else comes out, because that's yeah. going to be devastating. Just keep yeah. it as short as possible, basically. Mm-hmm. But he has to be careful to make sure that he has the 51 votes and that it's not going to be tied because mm-hmm. then that's going to open up the doors for even more information and stuff to come out and for more things to be debated on the floor. And that's that's what they're basically trying to avoid, it seems. Yeah, but if he doesn't have the votes, he doesn't have the votes and we'll at least get to call some witnesses. Um, but, you know, we'll, but so would yeah. the Republicans, presumably. So we'll, mm-hmm. 
we'll see. I don't know exactly if it's like spelling bee round robin rules. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I really need to start like this weekend. I'm going to dive into the, the Senate rules on impeachment and see what totally. I can find. I yeah. need to. Yeah, I need to, too, because like I said, I'm totally just trying to like decipher and understand this all as it goes along. I was kind of hoping that I would just watch it and people would explain it to me as it was happening. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I do want to have a, an understanding of it, at least a basic understanding of it before the whole thing starts. And I've got the holiday break to do that. What a great way to spend uh, spend your holidays reading Senate impeachment rules. Yeah. And if I got stuff wrong just now, please correct me because that's my understanding yep. of what I've read so far. Yep. You can do corrections at our website, which is dailybeanspod.com. Is that right? Correct. And click contact and then select corrections. Build us a compliment sandwich. We'll get it right eventually. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back with the three P's today. Pence, Parnas, and Pompeo. Stick around. Hey, everybody. It's AG. It's going to be a new year and a busy year, but this year I don't want exercise to take a backseat just because I'm busy. Uh, so to help me stay on top of my health and my fitness goals, I'm using Less Mills. Les Mills is a global fitness leader that has been creating safe and effective fitness programs for 50 years. The coolest thing is they have Les Mills on demand now, which is considered the Netflix of fitness. It allows members to continue their training wherever they are. Les Mills on demand is an exercise streaming service that allows consumers unlimited access to high production video content featuring over 800 workouts that range from 15 to 55 minutes. With everything from yoga, dance and cycling to strength training and more, you're certain to find something you'll love. Uh, I'm trying out Les Mills Body Attack right now, which sounds self-destructive, but it's not. Uh, it's a high-energy cardio class designed for beginners to fitness addicts. So anywhere in between, they have moderations. I love that Les Mills Fitness app has such a huge library of proven workouts, and they add new ones each week, so it keeps it fresh and interesting. You don't get bored. And you'll always get quality instruction and motivation that's right for you. The best part is that right now, for our listeners, we have a special offer on Les Mills On Demand, where you can get 21 days free access to their fitness app to kick off your fitness goals for the year. So don't wait and go to trylessmills.com slash dailybeans. That's trylessmills.com slash dailybeans to get this special offer. Again, go to trylessmills.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, as we know, this week, Adam Schiff sent a letter to Pence and Mother, uh, no, just Pence, asking him to declassify a call he had with President President Volodymyr Zelensky. Um, and he had that call on September 18th based on testimony by Pence's aide, Jennifer Williams, during the impeachment hearings in the House Intelligence Committee. Um, the content of that call was given to the House Intelligence Committee separately under seal by Jennifer Williams because she had said Pence had classified the information from the call. And so Schiff wrote to Pence saying, you're not allowed to misclassify shit to cover up crimes, bro. Uh, and Pence has now responded, saying he will not declassify the call. And his reason, his defense is, is that his request, Schiff's request is illegitimate because the impeachment inquiry has concluded. In a letter to Schiff, Pence's lawyer, Matthew Morgan, says it serves no purpose to declassify supplemental testimony from Jennifer Williams, saying, quote, At this point, the Intelligence Committee's oversight authority is limited to those areas in which it may potentially legislate or appropriate. Unquote. Uh, the Dems have made no announcements that their inquiry has concluded. And in fact, Schiff said he would be filing supplemental reports to the judiciary and uh, after more investigating if more evidence emerges. And he's done that. He did submit the contents of this call to the judiciary in his December 3rd report when it was transmitted to the judiciary. And frankly, I'm surprised they haven't declassified it themselves and brought it up in today's debate over the articles of impeachment. Like, where's that call? They also aren't mentioning the the... 
the fabricated call on September 9th by Sundland, where September, where he's where September, where Sundland says he talked to Trump. He never did. So it's just interesting that they aren't bringing these things up. But I mean, I guess they're just trying to keep it as simple as possible and keep the message the same. And they just are just repeating. Now, they're still going. They could be saying it right now as I speak because they're still debating. Speaking of Sondland, I don't foresee him doing yoga in his cell block the way that you picture Cohen doing it. No. Not the same energies. <laughs> um, also, I love that Pence's uh, defense for this is basically like, but you wrapped up your inquiry. Yeah, that's a so, really, uh, really weak looking Don't defense. think you need that, bro. What? Yeah, and I, that actually instantly thought uh, that today, you know, we're going to have in the next block, we're going to interview Uncle Blazer about mm-hmm. the, the Supreme Court cases that are that they're considering in their conference today and i was like i bet that's going to be a defense now mm-hmm. that hey the impeachment is concluded mm-hmm. you're all done you don't need any more information but i don't think that the justification relies on it relating to this specific impeachment it's just the process of impeachment in general which as we know is something that conceivably could continue for as long as they wanted to yeah and if you end this impeachment you can always impeach Again, so yeah. they're investigating. They they made it clear. It's it's just a weird, dumb defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. I'm really I, I I have every confidence that we will know eventually what was in that Pence call, which is a, a matter of when. Um, now on to Lev Parnas. Bombshell reporting from Bloomberg News last night that prosecutors in the Parnas and Fruman indictments have asked the judge to revoke Parnas's bail and remand him into custody, throw him in jail uh, because he's an extreme flight risk. Uh, and they found this out um, that he because he understated his assets and failed to disclose a million dollar payment from an account in Russia that he got in September, which he used on personal expenses and to purchase a home. There's little detail about the origins or the purpose of the payment that he received, mm. but it was sent to an account belonging to Parnas's wife in a, a clear attempt to hide the asset from prosecutors. Mm. My beans are on for Tosh. Um, I say that because prosecutors are also alleging that Parnas failed to disclose a $200,000 down payment on a $4.5 million Boca Raton property. And he actually received a $200,000 payment from Fertosh for his work on Fertosh's legal team. Uh, because he only claimed he got fifty thousand from Fertosh, mm, but, but he got two hundred. So they're like, he's lied to us. He didn't meet the conditions of his bail because if you remember, they sort of put together this agreement that he could go out on bail and wear ankle jewelry if he turned over his bank stuff and disclosed all of his assets, and his wife had to do all that. Mm. And she hid it somewhere. And since they lied, um, he is in violation. Yeah. Of his bail. So uh, I'm wondering how long it's going to take for it to him to get put in jail, but I think he might. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer in terms of the whole plea agreement hope. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of takes away a Parnas plea agreement, mm-hmm. but uh, now we put superseding indictments on both of them. Definitely. An extreme flight risk. Is that like they caught him loading himself into a cannon or something? (laughs) (laughs) This guy's getting the fuck out of here. Why wasn't he in extreme flight risk when he had a one-way ticket and they arrested him at the fucking airport? Why wasn't he in extreme flight risk then? Like, well, if he tells about your money, you seem pretty safe. Like, I I don't even understand that I guess that's a magic for you. They give you a second chance immediately. Southern District knows what they're doing. There's, I'm sure there's more to it than mm-hmm. that. Uh, and finally, the third P in the PPP is uh, Pompeo, and he's in legal trouble. Jordan, you have that story. Yep. There's a lawsuit against Pompeo that actually has been going since June, but the lawsuit is for failing to preserve official notes about Trump's meetings with Putin. 
this is plural, meetings with Putin. Uh, that lawsuit today got the green light, or yesterday on Wednesday, got the green light to move forward. So Pompeo has two options, basically. One, he can provide the proof that he complied with something called the Federal Records Act that requires the State Department to collect and preserve interpreter notes. Or he can try to make the argument that he didn't have to do that. Uh, this is a lawsuit, like I said, initially initiated in June. It was initiated by Democracy Forward and American Oversight. These are two uh, watchdog organizations. And Trump appointed Judge Trevor McFadden is the one who rejected the government's attempt at getting the case dismissed this week. So Pompeo now has till January 10th to respond to the lawsuit. So that's good news. Yeah. He will say, though, that Trump told him to, and it's and he'll claim executive privilege, because of, uh, and he'll try to do it specifically about this policy. Um, and then he won't tell us what policy it is. <laughs> so that's kind of what I sort of figure happening. Yeah, that sounds about right. But this is good that this lawsuit can go forward. Thanks, mm-hmm. um, Trevor. Yeah, right? Especially that it's a Trump-appointed judge. That yeah. was nice to see. So after he was done boofing and drinking skis <laughs> at Squeeze, after pumping some iron, after what week was it? Uh, fleet, not Fleet Week. Fleet Week. <laughs> That would be really great if, if Kavanaugh and they were, were in just Fleet Week. That would be very different. What is Fleet Week? Sailors. Oh, nice. Navy, Fleet Week. Cool. Uh, big in New York, big in San Diego. Um, Makes sense. What Water. was it? Something week. Mm. In that calendar? Anyway. Partying week? Yeah. Like Rush Week or something? <laughs> something week. Yeah, I don't remember. Beach Week. Oh. Remember? Beach, Beach Week. week. Uh, so yeah, that's what Trevor sounds like to me. But he ruled God. properly. Good job, Trevor. Our High five. So fucking embarrassing these four years. Pound it. <laughs> that's how you <laughs> congratulate Trevor. Trevor. The most <laughs> bro ass first name. <laughs> Trevor. Rad Trevor. Rad. Yeah. <laughs> good, good ruling, bro. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, Trevor's rad. <laughs> Uh, that's what he sounds like uh, in the 90s. Okay. I love a good Trevor. <laughs> I love a good Trevor. I do love that name, actually. Yeah. I like that name. We yeah, have our one good, good Chad. Name. Yeah. One good, <laughs> one good, one good Chad. Trevor. One good Trevor. Yeah, we have one good Trevor now. Congratulations. We'll be right back with Uncle Blazer and an explanation of the three Trump tax cases being considered by the Supreme Court in their secret conference today. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG. If you're looking for unique, thoughtful holiday gifts this season, check out Society6. Society6 is an online marketplace with an incredible selection of products designed by independent artists from around the world. It's a perfect place to find stylish, unique gifts while supporting a global creative community. From decor and home goods to bedding and furniture, you're sure to find the perfect gift for everybody on your list, even the ones that are really hard to shop for. They just sent us a gift box uh, to the studio and I, I had to see this stuff for myself, and it's absolutely amazing, you guys. The individually designed items were featured on really high-quality materials, including an amazing panther pillow. Uh, it's got this black panther on it. The, the, the quality and the craftsmanship is amazing. I got this neat uh, geometrical pastel whoopee, which I love, and I watch TV, and it keeps my toesies warm. There was a beautifully wrapped art print tied with twine and a lovely catalog with other designs from real artists around the world, and that's what I love, supporting real creators. Explore a affordable and unique art and then get it either as a framed piece or a print or on a wide array of premium goods from tapestries and t-shirts and phone cases. There's so many gifts that you can possibly, and I got some for myself too. Uh, I never know what to buy uh, for Jordan. Um, She's sitting right here, so I won't say what it is, but she's so smart and unique and I wanted to find something special. Um, I found her this, I'm not telling you what it is. But it's beautiful, and you're going to get it, and you're going to love it. I want to give it to her now, but she's right here. 
she'll see it. Anyway, with Society6, you choose what you love, and they custom make it to order, and they ship it directly to you. And with Society6, you'll find amazing gifts for friends and family while empowering creativity across the world as every purchase supports an independent artist. I love that so much. So give thoughtful and unique gifts this holiday season with Society6. You can get 30% off and free shipping when you use our code DAILYBEANS at checkout. Go to s6.co slash pod. That's S as in Sam, the number six dot co slash pod and use promo code Daily Beans. You'll be glad you did. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Joining us today to discuss the cases being considered during the scheduled Supreme Court conference today is Uncle Blazer. Uncle Blazer, welcome back to the Daily Beans. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you today? Are you having a good day? I'm great. Yeah, I'm hanging in there. I think we've been anticipating this day for a while. Can you uh, remind us of the three cases that involve Trump's taxes that are being considered by the Supreme Court today? Yeah, so we have three separate cases, um, all related in that they're subpoena battles. The first one, and the one that we know for sure, is a um, motion, I'm sorry, a petition for cert that will be uh, decided at this conference on Friday, is uh, the Vance versus Trump case, which is the Manhattan DA office's subpoena to Trump's accounting firm, Mazars. Uh, looking to get uh, Trump's tax returns and work papers uh, that Mazars holds on Trump um, in connection with a criminal investigation by the Manhattan DA's office. And we know that one will be decided at this conference because it's actually on the schedule to be heard at the conference. Um, The other two cases are both cases involving the House, and the House has issued subpoenas both to Mazars and to Deutsche Bank, Uh, The Deutsche Bank case, we know the stay of the Deutsche Bank subpoena will be considered at this conference. We know that the House has requested that that their Mazars subpoena case also be heard at this conference and that the Deutsche Bank subpoena case be considered sort of together with the Mazars case at this conference, but the Supreme Court has not said that that will happen. And we We probably won't hear that that will happen until after it happens. Yeah, and I think that we can conclude that the Deutsche Bank um, case, the the stay, will be considered because Ruth Bader Ginsburg issued a temporary administrative stay that expires at 5 p.m. And if they don't consider it, uh, they would have to either administer another temporary stay or the stay would expire and Deutsche Bank could hand over the records. That's right. So the, the, at the very least, the Deutsche Bank stay will be decided upon. What we don't know is whether uh, the court will take the House's suggestion and consider that Deutsche Bank stay request as if it were a petition for cert and consider it together with the Mazars petition for cert by Trump uh, on the House's subpoena. And the the House is asking the court to deny cert on both of those cases at this conference due to the, the urgency of, of time and needing to get the materials. Now, you, you keep mentioning the, um, you know, considering they, you know, that the House Dems have filed uh, to have the Supreme Court consider the Deutsche Bank stay like a writ of cert. What does that mean? I, I think technically what they're asking is that the that the court consider it not on the using the standards that you would use to, to determine whether or not to grant a stay, but instead to consider it on the grounds of what you would uh, consider when granting cert. 
And so rather than saying, you know, this is this is this meets the test to get a stay, but we'll defer until another day whether to grant cert, the House wants them to actually make that that determination of whether to grant cert now rather than going through the extra step. The, because the Mazars case is before them, or at least teed up before them now to be decided for cert, they, the House is suggesting that both of the two cases be considered on the grounds of whether to grant cert as opposed to considering Deutsche Bank's stay and Mazars' cert request. And you're talking about the Mazars Oversight Committee House Dem uh, cert because these are sort of similar in that they're both subpoenas by House uh, congressional committees, whereas the Cy Vance case is a grand jury federal criminal investigation. So they're kind of coupling those together. Is that sort of, or at least they're they're asking the Supreme Court to sort of do that? Is that like if you, if you're basically, if you're considering the cert in the oversight Mazars case, you can probably, are, you know, early decide the cert on the, uh, I think it was the um, financial services and Intel committees subpoena to Deutsche Bank case. That's right. They they have overlapping issues and, and the the gods have not done us any favors here by having three different subpoenas by two different people to two different entities. But <laughs> the House the House and the Manhattan DA's office are both issue have both issued subpoenas to Mazars. The House has also also issued a subpoena to Deutsche Bank. So there's there's a lot of overlap in who's getting subpoenas and then there's overlap in what the issues are and the reasons for the for the subpoenas. Uh, but it becomes very confusing when you start talking about Mazars as to whether you're talking about the House or the Manhattan DA's office. So I'm sorry if I'm making that sound a little confusing. No, it it is confusing. So that <laughs> we're yeah. we're trying to simplify it, and I think you're doing a wonderful job. So uh, to set some expectations here, because as uh, you know, of course, we would love for them to deny the stay in Deutsche Bank, deny the cert in Oversight Mazars, and deny the cert in the Cy Vance case. Uh, can you tell us what you think is more likely to happen? And then also, if if they don't deny everything, uh, can you tell people not to freak out? Like, why shouldn't people freak out? Yeah, let, let's start there. Um, no one should freak out if cert is granted in these cases. Um, that is not an indication of what will happen on the merits. That is merely an indication that the court feels that the case should be heard. And and the court grants cert. It, it's not it's not easy to get cert before the Supreme Court. But if if it were true that a grant of cert means you're going to win, then every case where they grant cert, they would rule in favor of the party for whom they granted cert. And that does not happen. It's it's more like fifty fifty after they grant cert as to who's going which side is going to win. That doesn't mean that here it's a fifty fifty chance either for Trump. If if cert is granted. I believe cert will be granted for one of two reasons. One, because they feel like these issues are so important that the Supreme Court should actually go on record and say what they're deciding and why they're deciding it. Um, and and the, the other reason it's important is um, just because of deference to the executive branch. And historically speaking, the the judicial branch has given deference to the executive branch and the legislative branch and heard their cases rather than just simply denying cert. So 
just to, to set that fear aside, a grant of cert does not mean that Trump is going to win. It does not mean the court is compromised. It does not mean the, the sky is falling. It just means the court wants to hear the case. Now, I think that most people believe that cert will be granted, and it will be granted for one of those two reasons or maybe a combination of the two reasons I just gave. There's some complicating factors here, though, that could lead to cert being denied. Um, one is that the, the merits of the case are just really bad for Trump, and it, it's, just, it's just not – these are just not compelling cases on the merits. Can I guess, can I guess the second factor that might uh, make them deny cert? What's that? Uh, that there are some statute of limitations considerations, at least in the Cy Vance case, not to mention it's a federal grand jury subpoena. So there are secrecy guarantees in place for that. Yeah. And I, I think it's a it's a time urgency generally on all three of the cases. Um, and in, in the, the Vance case, you're right. The reason for the urgency is the statute of limitations, whereas in the House cases, the urgency is twofold. One, well, I guess maybe it's even threefold. One, we're, we're, we're sort of headlong into an impeachment right now, even though these cases are not brought on the grounds of impeachment. Um, when I say that, I mean the subpoenas were not issued during an impeachment inquiry, and so they are not, they are not being tested for whether or not they are valid in, an, in the context of an impeachment inquiry. However, we are heading into an impeachment, and the court is aware of that and clearly understands that. Also, we're heading towards an, a, an election, a presidential election, and these issues need to be resolved before that presidential election for fairly obvious reasons. But three, we're also at, and heading towards the end of the congressional session. And when Congress uh, issues a subpoena, they need to get that subpoena and evaluate it and figure out whether or not they're going to do something with it before their their congressional term expires. So there's a, there's a, a time crunch here on all three cases that I I think the court will take into account. But I think the third reason, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this reason, but I think that these are really bad cases mm -hmm. for the court to set precedent. Uh, I, they, they say bad facts make bad law. And what they mean by that is when you have cases that, that have particularly bad set of facts, you can end up with law that's too broad. And, and here, these subpoenas are so obviously fine that I don't. I think the court might be a little bit leery of of issuing a, an opinion that says that it's okay to issue to to um, uh, put subpoenas out on a president. When we we definitely that could be a problem in the future. We don't want to have a president in office and he's just getting subpoenaed left and right for no reason because he has a hostile uh, Congress after him. Right. I mean, Trump says that's what's happening here. That's not what's happening here. But if that were what's happening here, that would be a problem. If we had, you know, if the GOP were in charge of both houses of Congress and we had a perfectly squeaky clean uh, Democratic president in office, I don't think anybody would be shocked to find the, the GOP issuing subpoenas to look at everything under the sun on that Democratic president. And I think there would, that's, that's problematic. And I, I think if I think this this court might be a little bit hesitant to issue an opinion that says it's fine to issue subpoenas to the to the president, um, whereas and so so one easy way to dispense with that is simply to deny cert. 
Because if you deny cert, what you say is those lower court rulings stand. But we're not going to tell you how we feel generally about this issue. We'll look at it next time if that ever happens again. And then we'll wade into it and we'll tell you exactly what, what the contours of this, it, what the contours are. Um, so that, that, that if I were on the court, that would be my concern. I wouldn't want to set some precedent that's going to be used in future years to just harass and go after an actually clean president. Yeah. And I have a question for you, too, on the consideration of the quickness due to the impeachment being, you know, in full swing. Uh, recently, Pence was asked by Schiff to declassify a phone call he had on September 18th that was testified to uh, behind closed doors by his aide, Jennifer Williams. Uh, so Schiff asked him to declassify that call. And Pence's argument for not doing so was that the impeachment inquiry is over. Could we hear that argument from uh, Trump's lawyers in, in these cases saying you don't have to hurry up anymore, impeachment is over, bye? Yeah, but well, it, first of all, I, I saw that coming. I, I really, I figured, okay, what's the next thing they're going to say about why they don't have to comply with requests for documents and testimony? And I figured they'd say, well, you've already made up your mind, so we're not going to comply anymore. Um, whereas, you know, they, they're just, they keep moving those goalposts every time the, the inquiry develops further. They just find some new reason why they're going to not comply. And I figured that would be the next reason. But these cases that are currently before the court were, did not arise in the context of an impeachment. So that would be an awkward argument for Trump's lawyers to make to say, I do think that they will argue there's no reason to hurry here because this isn't about an impeachment. Um, and, and so, you know, the, you may be hearing, if I were Trump's lawyer standing before the Supreme Court, and I couldn't in good conscience do that, but if I were, <laughs> I would say, you know, listen, um, you, you may be thinking that there's some urgency here because there's an impeachment going on. You should know these subpoenas weren't issued in the context of an impeachment. So if you're feeling pressured to get this done quickly, you shouldn't because these aren't impeachment subpoenas. These are legislative purpose subpoenas, and the, the purposes that they've told us are not an impeachment. So, but I think the counterargument to that from the from the Congress is simply you know, we're running out of time here, regardless of whether this is an impeachment. First of all, we are, in fact, investigating you, um, and and so that can't be ignored. But but also, you know, we're we're now into almost into 2020, and our you know we we issued these subpoenas eight months ago, and we can't get the documents so that we can we can you know enact laws, and um, you know this needs to hurry up. So. Those arguments cut both ways, and I don't know who's going to try to use those arguments of we're not in an impeachment. Um, but look, the court knows what's going on here, and they know the way it's going to be perceived by the world. We are, in fact, in an impeachment inquiry, and everybody knows these documents will be used in that impeachment inquiry. The, the, the House has made no bones about that. They have said that if they get these documents, they're going to turn them over to judiciary. They just haven't said that that's the reason for the subpoena, because when they issued these subpoenas back in April, we weren't in an impeachment inquiry. So it's a little bit of a dance. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think another reason not to be fatalistic if they do decide to grant cert or the stay in any of these cases is that uh, we expect the court to set a really expedited timeline uh, for these hearings. There's no uh, indication that they would not. In fact, there's every indication that they would, considering how fast, you know, they sort of they've already sort of taken three months away from Trump to file uh, uh, his writ of cert. Uh, in in these cases, by you know m 
making the deadlines December 5th and December 10th. Uh, and then for, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg to give them until Friday at five um, to consider, it seemed they've already shown an interest in expediting these cases very quickly and rapidly. So if they do grant stay, there's really no reason to be doomsday about it, because these are going to be heard well before uh, end of next session. And that puts it to June latest, latest, uh, possibly uh, and most likely quite a bit sooner than that. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I, I I think that, you know, I've been very uh, strident on Twitter in in maintaining that the House will not move forward with impeachment until they have uh, the Trump's financial documents. I, I have to say that's becoming I'm I'm losing uh, my my stridence on on that <laughs> point, and and only because I I think that the there is urgency behind the Ukraine impeachment. It's not an urgency of we have to do this now in order to stop him or something like that, but it's simply, you know, the horse is almost out of the barn now. Um, They've said we don't need any more witnesses. They've said we don't need any more testimony of any kind. We have everything we need. I I think that they are going to go forward with a vote next week is the way it's looking. And I I think what they're thinking is we're either going to get what we need this week from the Supreme Court or we're going to go forward with Ukraine, and then we're going to get the financial documents later, and we're going to double back, and we're going to do this conceivably do this again. Um, I, I don't know that. Um, I, I kind of still hope that that's not what happens, but I don't think people should uh, lose faith that eventually the walls around Trump are going to crumble, because I still think they will regardless. I think once these financial crimes come to light, even if it's in March, and even if the impeachment inquiry has already proceeded in the Senate, and Trump has already been acquitted by the Senate, I think when these financial crimes are revealed, and I do think there will be significant financial crimes revealed in the documents that are received from Mazars and Deutsche Bank, that is going to be crippling to Trump, and he will either be removed from office through uh, an, the impeachment process, or he'll be voted out of office on the basis, uh, or, or just simply forced out of office and off the GOP ticket by the GOP itself, if, if, as difficult as that is to imagine. Um, I, I just don't think he can withstand the disclosure of these financial crimes and, and win another term as president. I just don't see how that's possible. Yeah, and I think regardless of whether they vote in the full house to impeach, we will definitely have a more a complete picture of of the timeline, uh, either today or Monday. Uh, and I think that that will most likely inform the House Democrats as to whether to move forward before this before the break or not. Uh, I personally um, think that the Supreme Court will deny cert in the Vance case, given the time constraints for his statute of limitations, and that it's grand jury, so secrecy can be more easily guaranteed than if things are handed over to Congress. Um, although Congress can give, you know, um, reassurances that that stuff won't get out but uh, you know for irreparable harm or whatever so i think they i think i think they'll deny certain the vance case but i think they'll grant it in the house of house oversight mazar's case and i think they'll grant the stay in the deutsche bank case and i just want everybody to be prepared for that and i think we've gone over several reasons why that is it's still all good news yeah, I think that's right. And I think in this case, you know, your guess is as good as mine and the next guy's guess is as good as both of ours and we'll see what happens. But ultimately, I still firmly believe Trump will lose on the merits of, of all three of these cases if they reach the merits. Um, I'm, I'm very resolute in my belief on that. And so we'll see what happens.
Yeah, I concur. Well, thanks for joining us today, everybody. Uh, Uncle Blazer, um, I would say check you out on Twitter, but I think you're private now. So uh, follow us at Muller She Wrote, and we'll let you know what's going on. <laughs> All right. Thanks, AJ. Have a good one. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. It's AG. The Serving of Daily Beans is brought to you by Root Insurance. Car insurance can be crazy expensive, especially when good drivers have to pay for bad drivers. But Root Insurance believes that's an outdated and unfair system. So Root uses an app to base rates on how you drive. By removing bad drivers from the equation, Root Insurance saved its good drivers up to 52% in 2019. What I love about Root is they believe better drivers deserve better rates. So they've tossed out the old way of getting insurance and made a real change for the better. There's a reason why Root has been featured in Forbes, TechCrunch, Wire, the Washington Post, and Fortune magazine. In 2019, Root was the fastest-growing direct insurance company in the United States. Root is the world's first, mobile-first car insurance company. The Root insurance card is available right from your phone, and if you get into an accident, you can file a claim directly in the app. It's car insurance made easy with rates based on how you drive, not who you are. All you have to do is download the Root insurance app, drive normally for a few weeks during the Root test drive, and see how much you can save. You can even make extra cash by referring friends. Don't wait and give Root a try. All you have to do is head to the App Store, download the Root Insurance app, and sign up in less than a minute to start your test drive today. That's R-O-O-T. Again, download the Root app today or visit joinroot.com to learn more and see how much you can save. I am Root. Root reserves the right to refuse any quote of any individual and any premium rate for the insurance advertised herein. Savings based on national reviews reported by actual customers. Form number one, not available in all states. This product is not available in California. Boys and girls, this is your old pal Stinky Whizzleteats. This is a song about a whale. No! This is a song about being happy. That's right. It's the happy, happy, joy, joy song. Happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy, joy. I don't think you're happy enough. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's time for happy news. First, in a landmark vote, and on the fourth try. The Senate joins the House of Representatives in approving a resolution that recognizes the mass killing of Armenians by Ottoman Turks a century ago as genocide. The White House has blocked the resolution three times in the past, but it passed today, co-sponsored by Robert Menendez and Ted Cruz, Wolverine. Uh, Who is he? The Zodiac killer. This uh, resolution confirms that Turkey is responsible for the Armenian genocide. Trump has a close relationship with Turkey based on a few situations we've noticed over the past three years, including Flynn and Bijan Kion and their crimes of lobbying for Turkey without filing as foreign agents. We have the attempted $15 million payoff to Flynn to kidnap Erdogan's enemy, a cleric named Gulen, who resides in the United States. We have the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi in Turkey. We have Trump and Giuliani trying to stop the indictment of the Turkish Hulk Bank in their scheme to defy Iranian sanctions by smuggling cash and gold. And uh, the deal Trump struck with Erdogan and Putin when he pulled our troops out of Syria, abandoning our Kurdish allies. So a lot of weird stuff going on with Trump, Turkey and NATO. But uh, I'm very happy this resolution was finally passed. They're recognizing the Armenian genocide mm-hmm. by the Ottoman Turks. Yeah. So that's happy news. Uh, and now it's time for a little schadenfreude. Schadenfreude! And today's schadenfreude is brought to you by Canada, eh? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Happy to take the wheel now as resident Canadian. Um, is it on the right side of the car? <laughs> oh, uh, do we drive on the right side of the car? 
kidding. Didn't get your reference. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, oh, no, same set of things. Actually, it surprises me sometimes that we don't <laughs> because other formerly British colonies drive on the left side like they do. Anyway, um, today, Andrew Scheer, the leader of the Conservative Party in Canada, who just lost to Justin Trudeau, resigned as leader of the Conservative Party in Canada. And bye. He's, bye. <laughs> Can we put in the an NSYNC clip here? Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, Ooh, let's do it. NSYNC. Yes. Bye, bye, bye. Um, that was good. Um, he, uh, so he was currently leader of the opposition and it's kind of a surprising that he resigned, um, because it's a, it's a healthy opposition. You know, the Trudeau government didn't win big. They clung to a, they clung to power in a minority government. But, um, but Andrew Scheer resigned today and I'm pretty excited about that. The kind of hilarious thing about this is part of the reason not that they're admitting, but part of the reason he's resigning is due to a scandal over his expenses. Mm. Yeah. He's, oh. Um, a lot of other reasons, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of other reasons, Do you get some too. loans signed off by Deutsche Bank? <laughs> oh, no, it's too. so minor, actually. It's almost embarrassing how minor it is because oh. Canadian scandals are so much smaller our than scandals, Our scandals used to be small. Yeah. We had tan suits and mustard for a while there. and Yeah. I, yeah, ours is pretty small. It's basically just that he was using public money to pay for his children's private school education when he's an avowed social, uh, fiscal conservative, rather. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, That's pretty good. That's he, the public school equivalent uh-huh. of buying hookers. He was using, <laughs> yeah, he was using um, party money to pay for his children's private school. Hmm. And, um, yeah, so... Party uh, money should only be used for parties. <laughs> totally. Can't, or um, don't spend my party money, Trevor. I think another reason <laughs> that he is stepping, <laughs> stepping down is because, you know, as we were saying, um, in the lead up to the Canadian election, obviously Justin Trudeau had some gaffes, is the correct no. word, um, yeah. wearing blackface multiple times. And then also yeah. there was a scandal with him um, abusing his power and um, being involved. Did in- you see that on SNL Weekend Update, by the way, the joke this weekend where they're like how Trump called him Two-Face and he's like, oh, today I found your other face. And they showed him. Oh, yeah. oh God. <laughs> And, and, and Shay was like, well, right out the gate tonight, huh? Uh, <laughs> <Punch> out. <laughs> so, yeah, so he wasn't even able to, you know, he wasn't able to beat Trudeau even in the face of these gaps. Um, but the oh, other the thing face. is, it wasn't just that. I mean, I think the reason that he didn't win was due to the fact that Canada is more of a centrist country. You know, like, so he wasn't able to articulate well on issues that actually mattered to Canadians. Like, you know, we, we, in Canada, we have a lot of like fiscal conservatives, but like somewhat socially liberal people who vote conservative um, because our conservative party is way to the left. Yeah, your Republican conservative party, party is our moderate Democrat. Party. Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, not that we don't have any far right people. We absolutely do. And in fact, there is. Oh, new, yeah. There's a new party in Canada called the People's Party, which is further to the right. Oh, fuck, I hate why they wouldn't I know. go with people's shit well, and populism, labor and right? populism for what is basically nationalism. I yeah. fucking hate mm-hmm. that. There were two major issues when he, well, th- I would say, well, four things, four major reasons that he stepped down. And I'll go through them super quickly. One was that he fucked up on climate change really badly. Canadians really, really, really care about that. Even fiscally conservative ones are like, planet's on fire, dude. Um, and his... Oh, we're the only country that has a party that doesn't yeah. think climate change yeah, is real. Yeah, except Matt Gates, He really cares. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Castor. He brought in that, yeah. Uh, yeah. that <laughs> yeah, grocery bag. Yeah. 
<laughs> instead of using a leather cow briefcase. I was reading an advice article that Andrew Shear's climate plan was basically like scribbled in crayon on the back of a napkin was like what it amounted to. It was like bullshit. Hmm. Um, so and his whole rallying cry was technology, not taxes. So he didn't believe in carbon taxes. He thought that we should just innovate our way out of climate change, which is a great message if you were going to back that up at all. Yeah, and then where, also, uh, where do you get the money to innovate, though? Right, right. And then he also... Um, We've had from the party. (laughs) We've had a same-sex marriage in Canada for Trevor's party. Fifteen years. We got it in two thousand four, two thousand five. Now, so when I was much younger, and um, so it's been kind of settled in Canadian law for a long time. And when asked about it, he was like, "Mm, "The country's moved on." So he wouldn't. um, He doesn't actually believe in same-sex marriage himself. He just avoided. Well, it exists, dude. Yeah. yeah. So that and uh, yeah, and then this this uh, thing with his finances. So he's going to stay on until a replacement is elected. The thing is, is that a lot of people believe that the conservative party will win in four years. And so the person they pick um, if, to lead the conservative party into the next election is really important. Yeah. And I'm wondering why after right after he wins, it just seems so like antithetical, antithetical, excuse me, to what we do here in America. Once you win, you stay on, even if you're a fucking dick, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and then you resign <laughs> 10 minutes before you're done and then give the big two barrel middle fingers and say, fuck you. You know I what was. I think it was, though? Like he was he's not like a right wing populist. He's more he's like a closeted social conservative who tried to dance around issues rather than just mm. come out and be like he was milk toast. He wasn't like a angry right wing po- populist. Well, why and he not wasn't, stay in power for a while? Because I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm right, not right, saying right, I like not him. Desirable, well, but I, why not? I think that people think that he just he just fucked it up so badly. You know? Yeah, but what mm. would they recall him? Would they impeach him? Would they? Well, I mean, did he face some sort of? I, I I mean I think it's down to this this scandal with his expenses was the ultimate thing which forced him out. Just but, some self awareness thinking that was not going to go well for him or something. Y- yeah, but yeah, and I think we have this fundamental dis- difference because the way that American politicians mm-hmm. are like, yeah, I did that, but what are you going to do? I won the election. Mm-hmm. What are you going to make me leave? Yep. Yeah, I mean the thing is he lost, so. He, he he's going to stay as an MP, member of parliament in Canada. So he's actually not stepping down from politics completely. He's mm. just stepping down as a leader of the party. Mm-hmm. So you can stay in government. Sure. Yeah. I'm just I'm just yeah. wondering how he would he be ousted as leader of the party if they found out about his finances or would he like why what I don't know. You know, yeah, it's, it's a good weird question. that he would step down as leader, but stay as a member of parliament. Well, That's like if Nancy, why so not just stay leader of the party? Why not stay leader of the party? I, I guess think it's because question. he hasn't provided excellent direction on the on the direct. He hasn't provided mm. excellent direction. for The conservatives the party. want him out. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, okay. we don't know what the what's happening internally. All we know is that this came out about his finances and now he's stepping down as a result of it. But like. Even, you know, he, he he didn't do well. Canada is way too much of a moderate country. Yes, we not that we don't have, you know, hardcore right-wing people. We do, but we're way too much of a moderate country for him to be, like, flip-flopping on the social issues that he did and avoiding the questions the way that he did. Oh, no, I like, understand all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, My yeah. question is, is, is uh, growing up with American yeah. politicians, who fucking cares? Why doesn't he just fucking stay in his job and tell everybody to fuck off until they vote mm-hmm. again? That's it's sort of... what we do. Yeah, so yeah. it's just this That's whole just different, like... Do. Like, well, where are you leaving, bro? Well, there was actually, I forgot to mention, there were two other things, which... Or not one, but, um, you know, you, you, you're head of the conservative yeah, you're party. Still there. Yeah, he also lied on his resume. Um, he said that he was a licensed insurance broker, but actually he was only, like, 
an admin assistant or like a secretary at an insurance office. <gasps> Clutch yeah, my pearls. Is, I know, which is a lie. And then he also um, Ratcliffe lied about. <laughs> yep. Again, our again, it's like you know the sc- scandals seem minor yeah. in comparison to what's happening down yeah. here, but they still it's all relative, right? There are a few people. There it are fewer is. people in Canada than in California. Yeah. So it's God damn, really right. weird to think yes. about, right? Yeah. Holy shit. So we have. I'm gonna say somewhere around 34 million people in Canada, which is less than the 40 million that exist in California. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's not a lot of 10 people. million more than Seoul. Yeah. Not a lot of people. Which just should out. move to the south. Um, just move. He also... <laughs> too close to the border. Did you see that on Matto last night? No. There's a n- new book coming out. Apparently, Trump was looking at a map of, uh, like a satellite map of the Korean Peninsula in the dark and you could see everything lit up and big bright lights were Seoul, Korea. Seoul, Korea is bigger than New York, a metropolitan area. And, uh, and above it was blackness and, and Trump thought it was the ocean and they're like, no, that's North Korea. And, and here's the border right here. And this is, see everyone here. This is why we can't, you know, this is why we have to be very careful with our, they could kill 25 million people. And Trump's like, well, they have to move. They just have to move. So Trump's, and then, and then they asked him again because they thought he was joking and he was like, no, they need to move. They Why need does to he move. tell that to Israelis then? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a really, it's a good, like, philosophical question. Why, why the, but I think this is also something that actually is shifting about Canadian politics is you're going to have more and more people, I think, in future who mm-hmm. are going to just f- hold firm and fucking say what they feel like. And we are going to have more populist candidates come up. We're seeing these things bubble yeah, up. But yeah. at the moment... At the moment. At the moment, uh, our milk toast leader of the Conservative Party is stepping the fuck down. Bye, so, bitch. Yeah. Now, the thing is, that could be a really, really good thing, which it currently is. But if they pick some sort of superstar as their replacement, um, that's not so good. That could be a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for that welcome. update. Um, we are uh, out of time, and this is the happy segment. So we're not going to talk about the uh, UK election. We're going to do that this weekend when we have uh, the full reporting. Um, don't uh, don't want to talk about that right now. Um, don't give up hope, y'all. <laughs> doesn't look good, but uh, <laughs> this is the happy part. So today uh, we're going to get social. Hashtag. Trending today on the socials are hashtag be best, but most mostly hashtag be best my ass, <laughs> along with hashtag Greta Thunberg outdid Trump. Uh, as we know, yesterday, Greta Thunberg was named Time Magazine's Person of the Year, and of course, Trump had a tantrum because he's a giant piece of shit. He tweeted about her honor, um, that, you know, that they honored her with this... Um, this title, she, he goes, so ridiculous, Greta must work on her anger management problem, then go to an old-fashioned movie with a friend. Chill, Greta, chill. Thunberg clapped back by making his tweet her new Twitter bio. And, of course, uh, the Trump war room then tweeted out uh, the Time magazine cover with Trump's head photoshopped on Greta's body. Um, seems like Trump wishes he ha- his head was on any body other than his own. Um, but after... Uh, all this after the fake outrage over Professor Carlin invoking Baron Trump's name during the impeachment hearings and didn't even say anything bad about him, just said, mm-hmm. you know, it was a play on words. You, you, you can name your son Baron, but you can't make him a Baron. Yep. Didn't say anything bad about the kid at all, just using his name uh, as a to make a point. But Greta wins this round, so check out hashtag be best my ass <laughs> and see what people are saying. Yay. I'm glad people are pointing that out. Yeah, me too. Ugh. Fake <sighs> outrage. I so hate funny. being told to relax and chill. Yeah, but we're, yeah, but triggered. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Final thoughts? 
Um, before we get emails about my Trump should tell the, or why doesn't Trump tell the Israelis that, <laughs> I just am going to clarify that before people freak out. All I am, all I am saying is that to suggest that an entire population just move, obviously, is not a solution. No. It requires diplomacy. Yeah. Yeah. And totally. Maddow was funny, too. She's like, imagine moving New York. What do you, what do you, like, what are you going to do? Call Connecticut? Hey, hey, Connecticut, uh... <laughs> and like everybody in the background in the studio, you know how she's got the, like the studio, they can hear him laughing. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway, it's such a stupid suggestion. <laughs> yep. So this is the end of the show. My final thought is I can't wait to go and turn on the news and see what we missed while we were recording. Um, and if you're listening to this uh, and you're not a patron, it means it came out Friday. It's big day, and I uh, can't wait to see what happens with the in the Supreme Court. We'll yeah. keep you posted and uh, stick around, stay tuned because obviously we'll be back with Daily Beans Monday, and this Sunday we have Mueller she wrote. Yeah, that's it. That's all I have. And so everyone, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health. Congratulations, Greta. I've been Ag. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reader. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.